0: God bless, God bless, God bless, God bless. All right. Thank you so much, Pastor Tom. Uh, Blessings, blessings. All right. Whoa, don't want that to fall. Morning, gentlemen. Morning, brothers. Um, I am a member of the Conquerors International Strength Team. I've been on the team for a very long time, about 10 years. And um, it's funny because uh, one of the members of our prison ministry came in while I was a finishing up some notes and just really uh, trying to go over what, what, what God stirred up for me for, for you guys uh, quite a few weeks ago. And he woke me up at 3.30 this morning and was like, here's what I want you to say. I said, all right. <clears throat> and I, I put on my, uh, my Punisher necktie because uh, I was like, man, if this thing goes south and they'd never have me back. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna blame the tie, and not and not my notes. I'm gonna blame the tie. Uh, but but uh, one of the members of our prison ministry team uh, came up while I was writing notes, and he's like he's like Are you gonna you got anything today? You gonna bend anything? And I was like, No, <laughs> no. And I was like, Wait a second. I have a I have a frying pan that I can bend for you, gentlemen. Yeah, so what we do is we do feats of strength, and we get to, to, to serve the Lord with our gifts. Our gifts are, I'm not mechanically inclined at all. I can't fix anything. I'm good at breaking things. And so God has seen fit to find a use for me. And so uh, I did have this uh, brand-new T-fowl frying pan. And so what we do is we go around, and, and we, we do these feats of strength, and we get to... Uh, uh, call attention to ourselves. By the way, Pastor Tom, what time am I done? Seven thirty. Got it. Okay. So and, and and so we we call attention to ourselves so we could really show everybody who the strong man on our team is, and it's Jesus Christ, obviously. Um, but but our, our our feats of strength generally don't have uh, a, a biblical twist to them. But if you were to get creative, we can do it. I can do it. It's easy. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar. There's a hot water bottle uh, that we blow up, made out of very thick rubber. It's huge. It's a it's a real crowd crowd pleaser, but it's a it's a conqueror torturer. Because it's a very thick uh, rubber, and we, we blow it up, and it explodes, and boom, and it's like, yeah, you know. Mike Benson always says, you know, why do we do all these feats of strength? Why do you do these kind of things? da 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 People ask us, and we say, you know, what do feats of strength have to do with uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ? I tell them nothing, but it draws people attention. But I say, hey, you know what? Not exactly. Because all of those feats of strength that we do, we smash bricks, we break baseball bats, we rip phone books in half, which are extinct now. You can... <laughs> Um, but we roll up frying pans. I said, you know, if any of the feats of strength had a a biblical twist that I could throw on it, uh, it would definitely be the hot water bottle because it's made out of very thick rubber, And, and we call ourselves Christians. If you call yourself a Christian, please raise your hand right now. Okay, good. All right, so we're all on the same page. If you call yourself a Christian then you are trying to model your life after Jesus Christ. Are you perfect? No, none of us are perfect. Not at all. Blood of Christ washes away our sins. Our sins have been cast into the sea of forgetfulness. It's not on our own righteousness. It's on the righteousness of Jesus. So we have to know that's where it begins. That's where it ends with the alpha and omega. That's it. So why am I bringing that up in relation to this hot water bottle? I said, man, if you call yourself a Christian, then you're supposed to be praying for people, serving people, loving people, being there for people. It means that you're out there doing what you can to make sure that somebody hears the gospel of Jesus Christ. Somebody knows that their father in heaven cares for them and he's reaching out for them even though they're in their sin. You don't wait for somebody to get perfect to come to church. You bring church to them. Okay? Now, if you say that you're a Christian and you don't do these things, you're just like that hot water bottle. You're full of hot air. Now, this frying pan is brand new. It's a T-file frying pan. And what happens is we take these, hot, we take these uh, frying pans and we roll them up into the shape of a burrito. I left the tag on that thing because it, for us, it's, it's a big integrity thing. See, what happens is uh, we, we've been bending up these things for a number of years. And I remember, I remember distinctly, Mike Benson asking me to pick up some frying pans. We got a school assembly to do. So I head out to Myers, and they don't have the frying pans that we always roll up. I just grab a T-fowl, frying pans, a frying pan, right? Wrong. (laughs) So here I am at this school assembly, and I got this T-fowl frying pan, and I cannot bend it. Now, Mike Benson's been preaching for a long time. He's able, to, he's able to put that spin on the ball, and it's no problem. Oh, you know, Yago his, he gave his best. Give him a round of applause, blah, 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 you know, this and that. And, you know, he spins it, and it's nice, and everybody forgives me. I'm like, ah, oh, that sucked. <laughs> so what happened is, you know, integrity is the thing that you do, the small things that you do when nobody's looking, okay? So obviously they, they start selling our frying pans again. We're going to get those frying pans, you know. It's not about the feats of strength anyway. It's about the gospel of Jesus. Integrity just wouldn't wouldn't leave us alone. So started getting these frying pans until I was able to bend them. And they are a monster. In fact, I'm just like, oh yeah, you think it's a piece of cake? Absolutely. Here you go. (laughs) Go ahead. If you bend it Not only do I not have to bend it, but I'm giving you an application for the Congress International Strength Team. You sign right here, and you'll be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ all over the world. So So anyway, I am going to bend this up into the shape of a burrito. Uh, And now would be a really good time to kill my mic because I don't need to be responsible for blowing these these, uh, speakers out. Got it? We're good? Okay. That had absolutely nothing to do with what I had to talk about. <laughs> Zero. In, in fact, it's funny because uh, last night, one of my teammates, Mike Gruppen, he's, uh, he's headed to Florida. Actually, he's in Florida right now. And um, he's preaching, uh, doing four um, sessions with Juvie, um, some juvie get, uh, kids and it's uh, a school assembly, and uh, so last night he's like, he's like, "What are you going to do tomorrow?" I was like, "Well, I'm, I'm preaching at um, the men's ministry," and he was like, "He's like, oh, okay, cool. You know, I don't know if you know, but Conquerors were pretty competitive, <laughs> pretty competitive bunch, um, and so he gets he's preaching at the juvies, and I get to preach with you guys, so I feel like I win. But he's preaching in Florida, so he wins. <laughs> he's like, "Well, what are you going to preach on, man? You know what? Are you gonna? And I was like, you know, I, to be honest with you, man, um, I, I'm, I'm here to like kick the guys in the junk. Every last one of you, except for I was, you know, I was, I wasn't in church, so I didn't say junk." I, I said some other stuff, but, but I know they're recording, so I, I know I'm probably the only guy that does that or did that. And I, I was like, he's like, why? And I was, I was thinking, I was like, you know, I can't uh, not see these empty seats. And that's, and that's what God put on me like a couple weeks ago about empty seats and stuff. And uh, like these empty seats kind of bugged me. And when he asked Pastor Tom, asked how many people it was their first time, I should have seen a lot more hands. I should have seen a lot more hands, guys. I ain't messing around. What, what are y'all doing? I, I was I was in uh, Honor, Michigan, years and years ago, BC days, before Christ days, <clears throat> living super sideways. And um, I remember uh, there was this bonfire, and this bonfire was up this hill. It was. Like, midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, something like that. And so we're walking up this hill, and I was with uh, two or three people, and uh, up up the hill, over the hill, was the actual bonfire. You actually couldn't see the fire from where we were. But we just knew if we, we you know, you hear everybody partying, you know, just, just keep following the sound, right? And uh, it was so pitch black. It was so pitch black. We literally, you couldn't see your hand in front of you, but you could hear everybody partying. So it was like, you know you're going in the right direction. And I i, I remember the person in front of me, I could hear them walking, and then all you hear is, <laughs> they fell down a hill. You you really couldn't see. like you Like we were... I was doing like this. I was, like, tapping to make sure, and I was doing like this the whole way, and I, I knew that I could hear everybody partying, but I knew, like, if I take three more steps, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm just like that guy, so I'm like, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head this way, and, and, and I did that until I could finally see a little bit of the campfire, and then I just kind of, like, you know, grabbed a tree and grabbed a tree until I got down, and it was like two or three people had had bit it bad, man. They fell, and you know we were laughing. It was it was funny. And then by the time we got back to the, uh, I got to the campfire, everybody's you know partying and stuff like that, and and people were like, "Well, where's so and so? Where's so and so?" And you know whether or not they were coming and this and that, and and all you had to do is just listen, and you would hear ah, boom, 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 boom. And people just laughing and laughing, because nobody, you can't see up there, but you can see right here. And I was like, I was like, man, you know, I, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about these empty seats. And I was like, I was like, man, how many of these guys are walking in the dark? And and they and they and they heard about the light somewhere, this fire that we have. But those seats are still empty, gentlemen. These guys are falling, and it's our fault. It's our fault. Now, I know that, that it's supposed to be like, I'd like to tell a whole lot of stories, have everybody laughing and stuff like that, because you know, a lot of stuff is funny. There's some like really cool like uh, you know, creative spins you could do on all that kind of stuff. But I, I got a feeling that everybody here really loves the, this book. I got a feeling that everybody really is into this book. You're into this book. And I got a feeling you want me to talk about this book. I got a feeling that you want me to talk about this book because it means something to you because it's done something in your life. Not just because it's a really nice historical document of a Savior who died for our sins, but it's because that this thing has done something to our lives. OK, so some guys might have had a, a situation with with uh, drug addiction, with alcohol, with all of these things, pornography. I remember when um, uh, Pastor Stahl uh, years ago had uh, and I was I was just fresh, fresh to men's ministry, fresh to men's ministry. And uh, Pastor Stahl was up here and he talked about pornography, but he, he he went all the way there, guys. He went all the way there. And I was like, wow, this is the place for me. It, let me. Back up. I don't want that taken out of context. You know, pornography, this is the place for me. Let me give you some context on that. This was where I was able to hear what Christ does in real time for guys like me who watch pornography like people watch Seinfeld. For guys like me who do drugs all the time. For guys like me who go out and look for people to fight for what? The Bible says that pride comes before the fall, right? But this seat was still empty because I'm still walking in the dark. Because nobody is telling me, hey, there's a ministry over at Granville, men's ministry. You need to get there, man. Your family is on the line. So I know you I would like to keep going with these stories and and metaphors and all that other stuff. But if we gotta go to the book, we gotta go to Acts eight, Acts eight twenty six. And I, know, I, I don't, I didn't have enough, I didn't have them put it up here because I don't need them to put it up here. I know every last one of you guys raised your hand and called yourself a Christian, which means you guys got the same Bible I got. It's Acts eight twenty six. Read it for yourselves. And if you don't know what happened, then let me break it down for you. There's a guy named Philip. He listened to the word of the Lord. What did he say? Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go towards the south road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. He rose and he went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch. Okay. I was thinking about, man, am I going to read the whole thing? Man, you don't need me to read the whole thing. I'm a There was a eunuch. He had the prophet of Isaiah. He's reading it. but He has no idea what what, what he's reading. He has no idea what he's reading. So here we got a guy with a good heart who's searching, who's seeking. And we got Philip who listened to the word of the Lord. And this translation said he got up and went. But one translation I had said he ran. It said he ran. It's like, God, you want me to do that? I'm on it. Bang. And he ran. So the conversation starts when the eunuch, the Ethiopian, is reading, and he, 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 doesn't, he doesn't understand what he's, what he's reading. He asked him, Philip asked him, he says, in 30, so Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I, unless someone guides me? When I joined the conquerors, that scripture right there man I, i'm not am not a list guy i know i know uh, you can give like points on like different scriptures and you can, but when you when you do that for me it gets annoying because i hear that uh, for me it's like you 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 put the holy spirit in a box and it, there's just so much meat on this bone there's just so much meat on this bone if you ask god what what are you trying to tell me for this. It was, it was great. We were in the Philippines and Mike Benson, uh, he brought this scripture out when we were in the Philippines like uh, nine years ago, eight, nine years ago. And he was like, man, the Lord spoke to me on this scripture. And I was like, man, that's cool because he spoke to me. And I, and I, I want to hear what, what God told you about this scripture. Well, he said, he's like, yep. He's like, if you look at this scripture, this is about divine appointment. It's about Doing what God told you to do so you can meet somebody at the moment that they need you. And I was like, man, that's cool. God didn't give me that, but I'm glad he gave you that. See, what happened with me was I got saved and I came to men's ministry because Pastor Dwayne told me about it. Pastor Todd told me about it. And I came here. I was super quiet. Didn't want to talk to nobody. I was just like, I want to hear I just want i want to see what this thing looks like, you know. What does God got to say about this? What does God got to say about that? How do you walk these things out? So anyway, my wife was pregnant with our second kid, and we got bad news that it was going to be a really, a, a problem. It was going to be a problem with the pregnancy and all this stuff, and, you know. It's a long story, but anyway, I was like, holy cow, why did this happen? Because, man, I just got saved. I just got saved. I just joined the church. I just started doing this men's ministry, and... And we get hit with this, and I was ticked off, man. I just ticked off, and I started like just searching the Bible. I'm like, I, I don't. So, so what I would do, and it, I don't suggest this for anybody else. I just know that God has done it for me more times than I can count. I put my hand over my Bible, and I say, "All right, God, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what's supposed to happen. I don't know what you want to tell me, but I, I just trust that you're going to tell me something." And I opened it up, and I just started reading. And it was Acts 8, 26. But God didn't tell me anything about, about divine appointments. What he told me was about fasting. This is how he told me about fasting with this scripture. I knew that you could fast for prayer. It's like, hey, God, I'm serious about what I'm, what, what this, what's going on here, and I'm fasting. I'm, I, I, it's just me and you. Man shall not live on bread alone. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat the word right now. What the heck does that mean? Well, I had the Bible, but I didn't understand what I was reading. I couldn't make that jump. I couldn't make that jump. This scripture right here was like, hey, guess what? This Ethiopian, he's got the scriptures, but he needs somebody to help him make that jump. He's got the, he, he's got a heart for the Lord, wants to know, but but There's a disconnect somewhere. There's a disconnect somewhere. And so once Philip gets with him, he explains the gospel to him and he gets baptized and he's out. He explains the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I said, this is what's missing. This, something's missing. I need somebody who's going to come alongside me and, and, and explain this stuff. So that's what I, I got the scriptures. I got the heart for it, but I don't have that jump. How can I make that jump? And so I went back to men's ministry, and my homeboy who was here at the time, he was, uh, I was like, hey, man, I need you to explain fasting to me because the wife is like, I don't know what's going to happen with this baby thing. He said, man. So he broke it down. He explained it. And then what's up, you know, it says, it says uh, in the Bible somewhere, don't it say something like uh, 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 you don't have to be like the, the Pharisees and Sadducees out uh, praying in, in public and using fancy words, but instead go into the secret place where your father waits. Hold on, that might confuse me because that's going to a secret place where my father waits. That means I'm praying by myself. But hold on, doesn't it say somewhere else where two or more are gathered in my name, they're also in my. Eyes. So am I pray, supposed to pray like this? Am I supposed to pray with people, without people, corporate? I don't know what's going on. He said, cool. Have a seat. These seats are empty. Every seat that's empty, that's a guy whose family is in danger. That's a, fa- that's a guy whose marriage is in danger. Every single seat, that might be a guy whose kid is an Ohio State fan. They need, you know they need prayer. Come on, man. So there are three things, you know, if I was to say there's three things that I wanted to, like, if you're a list guy, I'm not a list guy. I, I mean, I like, I like list guy because he's organized. I like list guy. And, and, I, and I, I, I love John Maxwell. I love John Maxwell. I mean, it's like, what, uh, 21 levels of this and 88 reasons for that and 15 secrets of whatever and then there's five ways to drive Yago crazy. <laughs> Actually, there's only one. Tell me there's a list and you did it. <laughs> but no, um, so, so if there's three things I could draw from this, definitely number one is answering God's call. Answering God's call, okay? Philip answered God's call. Awesome. The eunuch was uh, explained the gospel, and, and, and life changed for him. Uh, when we go overseas, and we're leaving for Africa on um, the fifth, uh, we, we hit communities, and we tell them about this Jesus that has done exceedingly and abundantly above what we could have ever asked. ever expected and people come in droves to hear about this Jesus to experience this Jesus who is this guy who is he and we get to share the word in villages that would they would marvel if they were in here right now they would they would marvel I mean we just got back from Cambodia three weeks before that or four weeks before that, we were in the Philippines. And now we're heading to South Africa. And when we tell them about how good God is, we're pretty serious. And we've, and we've experienced it. It's not, it's, not, it's not something that that somebody else is Somebody else explained it first, but then we experience it. It's, it's, you know. And so, so people show up. And then I, when, I, when I tell them about our church and how monumental this church has been for me and my family in particular, it breaks my heart when I see these empty seats. Because Jesus tells us not to keep the light underneath the bowl, guys. So what is it, you know? When we go to other countries, side note, we're going to need your prayers. We're going to need your prayers in South Africa. I don't know if you guys know how how heated it's getting over there but there there's, there's some some dangerous stuff going on in South Africa and to boil it all down uh the the I, there's some some guys that, and and people that don't like the fact that their their land has been taken from them and they're planning on doing something about it in a violent manner now mike benson me and him talked uh, a couple days ago and he's like it's getting kind of sketchy but where we're going you know it's we should be all right, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm prayerful, of course, and all of that stuff, but I, I think about, like, preaching the gospel here in Granville or Grand Rapids and East Kentwood and all these other places, your life's not on the line, guys. So why are these seats empty? Your life's not on the line. These guys, when we go out, their life is on the line. We, we, we talk to people who, who preach in secret. I heard about a pastor in, in Russia who had, like, one page of the book of John, and that's all they had. That's all they had. And they, they kept on preaching on it. And that was that was a really long time ago. But I, I was just like, wow, the Scriptures mean so much. And I got it right here in my iPad. I got it in my phone. We got it in actual books. We got it everywhere. We got, we got the Bible all over the place. It's coming out of our ears. And so I'm like, you know, we, we, we definitely need to answer. answer God's call. That's number one. Number two is, what's it, mentoring someone that might be seeking. So if you got to use words, then use words. But most of us don't have jobs where it's okay for us to talk about God. But how many of you guys would be, how many of you guys' coworkers would be shocked if they got on your Facebook to find out that you're a Christian? Is this something that they know just by being around you? Do you have to preach about it? Do you have to say Jesus for people to know that you're a Jesus freak? Or do you live it out? If somebody comes to you, if somebody comes to my, my Facebook page, they already know I'm all into working out and I'm all into God. You got a problem with that? Don't hit me up with a firm request. Come on. You're just torturing yourself. Oh, well, you guys talk about God. Well, that's, yeah, I, I talk about the dude to save me, man. I don't, know to, I don't know what to tell you. Get lost. Because the Bible says, he, if you seek me, you will find me. He that has an ear, let him hear. Okay, if you reject the Lord, that's your business. I am still going to tell you about him. But if you reject him, that's on you, man. But I I know that when my heart stops beating, because I don't know how long I'm going to be here, but when my heart stops beating, if God says, hey, man, what did you do with the gifts I gave you? What did you do with the time I gave you? I got to have an answer. Got to have an answer. I don't know. I just kind of hung out. Just kind of hoped that people would show up. Nah, man. The Bible says in the, hmm, it says, compel them. Where does it say that? It's in Luke. Mm -hmm. All right. Luke 14. And the master said to the servants, go out to the highways, the hedges and compel people to come in that my house might be filled for I tell you none of these men who were invited shall taste my banquet. So so who are these men that he's talking about that won't that won't taste his banquet? Well, scriptures before that um all these guys made up all of these excuses why they couldn't come hang out with Jesus. I mean, he's telling them a parable. But one guy said, uh, I bought a five yoke of oxen and I, you know, I got to go examine them. Uh, please uh, have me excused. Another one said, I've married a wife, therefore I cannot come. I don't know if maybe she said, you ain't going or you know, I don't know what happened in that house. But he's like, hey, I can't make it. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, there was another guy, uh, you know. I have bought a field. i got to go and, and tend to it, uh, so please have me excuse. All these guys have been invited to, to Jesus' house, and they, they're like, nah, I'm busy. I'm busy that day. The game is on. I'd love to come to church, but the game is on. I'd love to come to church, but I stayed up too late because of uh, the fight. You know, I was watching the fight. I'd love to come to church, but, you know, there was, a, there was a, um, an event. My work had a party, and, you know, it got a little late. I can't come. Jesus is like, hey, don't worry about it, man. You ain't going to taste my banquet anyway. That's what that says. That's what the, I mean, if we, if we love the book, if we love the author of the book, then what's important to him would be important to us. His heart breaks when his kids die in sin. His heart breaks when fathers aren't fathers to their family. His heart breaks when these things happen. And he's given us the ability and the responsibility to change that just by inviting people. Compel them. So it says compel them right here. And being humble. Humility in, in, in all of the preaching. You know, there's in Luke, in Luke 10, uh, going into 17. Actually, you can read the whole thing. It, it's all, I mean, it's all awesome. I know the guy that wrote it. But... um. But in 17, in in Luke 10, Jesus has trained the 72 people. He trained them. He gave them the word, told them to go out and preach. And so so that's what they did. They went out and preached. They preached the gospel. People got saved. People got healed and all these other great things. And then what happened is they came back, and they were super excited. They were pumped. They couldn't wait to tell Jesus, oh, man, I preached the lights out. You should have seen me. And um, what happened is... uh, uh, The 72 came back. They said, Lord, even the demons are subject to your name. And then he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and all of the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, don't rejoice in this. I don't get so pumped up over your preaching. Don't get so pumped up over all of these things. It says, Do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Don't get lost in the sauce, okay? Don't keep the main thing the main thing. This is God's business. His kids are at stake here. Families are at stake here. Sons are at stake here. Daughters are at stake here. And he is speaking to us men. Be men. Be leaders. Be who I've designed you to be. There are people out here that are hurting and they don't know it. It's just like when I was talking about them people going through the woods, man. They are walking this path having no idea that they're about to fall. No idea. The only reason why I knew is because I heard them fall. So what does that look like in the church There are people headed for divorce who don't know that a savior has come. I was able to stay away from that because I saw what happened to them. I saw what happened to this marriage. And I was like, hey, I don't want to take another step further because I'm going to fall. What do you got? Hey, man, you know what? Red's Life has this men's ministry. Is there an empty seat? Shouldn't be. The problem that we should have for Pastor Tom is not enough tables. That's my challenge for you guys. If you say that you love the Lord, you say that you love the Bible, you say that you love the guy who wrote that thing and the guy who died for it, there better be some more people here next week, guys. I wish I I had a whole lot of, like, jokes and all that other stuff for you guys. I don't. I don't. And I completely understand if I'm not asked to to preach again because this is not feel good, man. Losing your wife don't feel good. Losing your kids don't feel good. Losing your job don't feel good. Being addicted to things that destroy your life don't feel good. And it's all healed by the blood of Jesus that's my challenge to you guys get guys in here stop sitting on this light don't sit on this light no more no more because you guys have been called you guys have been called you guys have been challenged you guys have the trumpet blow it amen guys Okay, hey guys, let's stand together as we close this morning. Yago, you will be invited back. This is a sobering message. It's a challenging message, but also, guys, it's an opportunity. I just want to encourage you. He talked about divine appointments. Pray. It's important to pray first, and God will give us a plan. I'll challenge you just to pray about one guy. I'm not talking about